Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, joined today by my dad. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a double board certified psychiatrist. Today, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 and how, basically, how it's impacted all these other areas of healthcare. Dad, is there anything you want to just kind of give a sneak preview to? Yes, I do. As you know, the focus of the COVID-19 pandemic has been on the physical uh, devastation that the virus inflicts on, on people. However, human beings are made out of mind and soul. It's not just one or the other. And so today we're going to focus on some of the the mental health aspects of what the, the this ravaging uh, a virus has been doing. Right now we were talking, and I think I want to dive into the topic that you were, what we were speaking on was like weight gain. Uh, what have you read? Because I know what I've seen on social media is it, it's, I think it's a divide right now between people who are have dive do, dove into uh, their health and their fitness and have really prospered in this time. But there's also that another half that, you know, food is comfort and they maybe haven't, they've let themselves go a little bit during the pandemic. So what have you seen or what have you read uh, from a doctor point of view? Well, it's something that some uh, clinicians are calling COVID-15. Why? Because that's the average amount of weight that uh, people have been gaining during the pandemic, 15 pounds. And yeah, I mean, that it makes sense. It does. Because you know what? Like, when we first got here in March, like, it was so easy, you know, there was so much anxiety, so much stress, so much unknown. Everything was super fresh, obviously. So it was very easy to, you know, snack on something in the kitchen, have, you know, a few drinks or whatever it was. It was so easy to indulge. So it makes sense that it's the COVID-15. I would argue it's the COVID-20, COVID-30. I don't know. Well, you're right. People have taken to more of a sedentary lifestyle uh, for the most part. So what physicians are advocating is the following. You have to track your caloric intake and also to increase your physical output. So these are things that we need to do to promote our, not just our, our our physical well-being, but it'll help us feel better about ourselves if we're able to lose some of the weight that we may have gained or maintain the weight that we have so that we don't uh, increase it. And there's some simple steps that we can take, and some will advocate just drinking two cups of water three times a day, like before every meal. Uh, monitor your snacks. Uh, don't buy that pie. Don't order those donuts. Don't eat, lay off the cookies. Uh, just simple things that you can monitor uh, yourself uh, and just be mindful. Some are even suggesting that you keep a daily log of your food intake. That way you can see what you're eating, what's healthy and what's not healthy, and try to modify it to things that are a little more, uh, uh, I would, should I say, uh, just more nutritious, say. I think that's good. I I think for some, though, calorie counting can be a little like triggering for people that maybe suffer from eating disorders. I would, I think it's great, like, yeah, move a little bit more, take a lap around the block or just stretch every 
hour on, on at the top of the hour from your if wherever you're hanging out whether it's your couch your bed your desk chair just get up for a few minutes stretch and move your body um one thing i think a good question if you know calorie count counting calories is you know too much for you you simply ask yourself every time you're about to eat am i eating for nourishment or am i eating for emotion and that that's helped me i would say so that that's my advice on that in regards to the physical activity, there's things that you can do without a gym membership. As you know, I've been a big fan of the of the NHS or the National Health Service of the United Kingdom, and they have some 10-minute videos that you can work on different parts of your body, arms, legs, waist, abs, uh, and so forth. And they're 10-minute videos that they're, uh, they're, it's a program called Instructor Live, and they're so helpful. You can do those at home. You need minimal space. And if you do these consistently, they're, they're really nice workouts. And if you do them, on a, like I said, on a consistent daily basis, uh, they're really helpful. I want to point out that we bring this up not because we're trying to shame someone's body for how they look or, oh, they're 10 pounds, 20 pounds, however many pounds heavier than they were pre-COVID. It's mainly because... It's in everyone's best interest to be at their peak health. I think that's safe to say. And so we just want to, and I think, you know, over the last several months of this pandemic, there's been no emphasis on your physical health and strengthening yourself and building more muscle. And that's very important to fighting any disease, not just COVID. Well, we want to promote well-being. That's what we're, we're making these suggestions that, I think are relatively easy to follow and again it's all in the for the cause of uh, somebody staying healthy keeping healthy and promoting good health overall moving on i want to dive into something that i feel like we addressed very early in like one of our early episodes just about like the increased mental or the increased need for mental health services but also the just like the increased numbers of people that are coming out with depression and anxiety. I think it's something we could have predicted, but what have you seen what is the what have you seen like or read about in your literature and stuff? Well, there's a coalition of both private and public groups that are addressing the psychiatric or mental health needs of people throughout the country and if not the world, uh, but particularly in the US in regards to the increase in depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and suicide during the course of the pandemic. Some of the, the studies are showing that there is a two to three-fold increase in these conditions in comparison to pre-pandemic times. So um, there's a strong urge or, and movement to address the mental health needs of the result of uh, COVID-19. As we all know, the focus has been on the physical aspect of the of this of, of this pandemic. However, it it is taking a substantial mental health toll on 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 the nation, on people in general. So, it needs to be adequately addressed. More resources need to be allocated, and it's something that clinicians need to be mindful of and. As a society, we need to address uh, the 
psychiatric needs of our of our of our citizens of our of our of the entire patient population. I think it's an interesting phenomenon that we're seeing now, and that it's actually being reflected in the numbers of like there is increases of anxiety and depression and things like that. Well, one of the other issues, or that I did include earlier, was the increase in substance abuse, and because twelve-step meetings are no longer a thing. there is now a, a movement to encourage virtual meetings. And there's some studies that have come out of the University of South Carolina that are indicating some pretty um, nice findings in regards to how effective virtual uh, meetings are. Uh, of course, there's some, uh, like anything else, there's pros and cons. Uh, the pros are that you don't have to worry about transportation. Uh, many don't have to worry about child care for their kids. However, what's been a so, somewhat of a barrier is that one, you some not everybody has uh, the technology or the privacy at home to be able to to be in a meeting. Though, and again, on the, the on the one of the other advantages is that people feel a little more open to share with somebody when they're not looking at them face to face so that's one of the the advantages of that of meetings but again because uh, meetings are not allowed in person anymore this has been a new treatment modality and and for the most part the the, the conclusion of these studies coming out of uh, South Carolina are very positive so I think that's that's encouraging also it's uh, been indic- it's been showing that I should say that it's been noted that the increase of cannabis uh, that's illegal has been increasing uh, because people are no longer going to stores and so they're buying it from the black market and uh, as we all know uh, this source of cannabis is tinged with impurities and can also be detrimental to a person's health so uh, a lot of things have been happening that are different uh, from pre-pandemic times. So uh, these are things that we need to be aware of. And I think that we all need to be aware of that these virtual recovery meetings are now available. I think that's great. And I think that we could probably just up do an updated episode on addiction and cannabis in general, because I'm sure everything has kind of ch- everything has changed but also not changed in terms of like addiction was a problem before the pandemic and it's still a problem now and if anything it's increased because of the circumstances that we're in so i think we should probably just go ahead and do an episode on that one thing i wanted to bring up on the tail end of this episode was the mental health for the mental health for the health, the actual healthcare workers. Like I just saw an article today, was some nurse at like UCLA in the COVID unit. Like she describes that you know she's pretty much a stranger to these patients, but yet she's the one there for their last moments. When it's it's an interesting dynamic because it's her, the patient in the bed, and then there's t- usually like an iPhone or an iPad at the edge of the bed that she's holding or it's on a stand 
And basically, this article goes on to say that healthcare workers, you know, are going through it. They're there's fears that a lot will retire early, that a lot will have PTSD. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that situation before we wrapped up. Well, one of my colleagues uh, out of Columbia, he tells me that these are interesting times. And, and, and he's absolutely right. These uh, uh, times are, are certainly challenging for all health care workers, particularly those in, in the COVID units and uh, props to all the medical and nursing staff and the ancillary staff that has had to deal with so many cases of uh, death and dying, uh, which are, are just have been, uh, of course, phenomenal numbers of patients that are that are passing uh, in our hospitals, and the fact that they're sort of alone with the patient and standing between them and their families is just a new. Uh, phenomena that we really have never seen before and they've been, they've been very courageous i hope that the experience uh does not weaken them it maybe makes them stronger though uh it wouldn't be surprising that many develop post-traumatic stress disorder uh because of just the unusual uh amounts of uh, trauma or, or traumatic events that they've been experiencing do you think it's like in their best because I'm just trying to think of like solutions to help alleviate momentarily stress from from a nurse that's on a 12-hour shift on a COVID unit. Like, is it beneficial to have like, I don't know, therapy dogs come in for the nurses, a social worker to come and talk to them or someone like, I wouldn't say a psychiatrist, they're not necessarily unstable, but like, is it would there be some benefit to have someone on the ground that's solely dedicated to the nurse's mental health? Well, what's happening, at least in our hospital, is that the nurses will huddle and they'll talk amongst each other and sort of lend support to one another. And I think that sort of a peer support is very helpful. And of course, as we've talked about in other episodes, human resources are available. Uh, to provide uh, counseling and individual support for for those that may need it, it's important for healthcare workers to reach out when they're feeling really depressed and anxious, really stressed out. They need to be able to advocate for themselves and reach out for help. And what we've also touched upon is some of the same topics that we spoke about today: uh, good nutrition, exercise, uh, promoting well-being, rest, sleep. Those are all things that people have to be mindful when they're in this field that is so uh, stressing at this time. That wraps up another episode of 2020 Psych. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in with us each week and being here for the ride. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.